How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Good evening, everybody. Episode 97. Episode 97. It is Friday, February 5th. It is Red Friday, and I know that pink is a form of red, but also purple and a little bit of blue. And geez, I I don't know what to tell you, folks. I'm wearing red underwear, but I'm not going to show you. And just understand that it is Red Friday, and I am participating in a way that would be embarrassing. And I made a vow to my wife that I would remain loyal and honor and obey and all that other stuff. And pimping my body on this show is something that I will only do if somebody wants to pay me for. Otherwise, my scruples say no. Just trust me, it's Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed. And my set has some red in it, too. So I'm complying. My pencil has some red. I I think we're good to go. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. And it's great to see you. We're going to cover a few things tonight. And it's going to be, um, I think, back to a little bit of politics tonight. I, I had a viewer tell me, he's like, great show, but you really were kind of upset. And well, I wasn't upset. I, you have to understand is that I seem like this calm, cool headed, poised, extremely handsome and rugged and intelligent, flamboyant at times with a exuberant personality and wonderful eloquence and charm about himself and humility that just surpasses his confidence. But I get frustrated with, with things and, and that's okay. And that's what we're supposed to do. And honestly, I really wasn't that frustrated. I don't hate vegans. I don't, I don't hate people who are gluten free. It's just an act and it's just to get viewers and like everybody in the end of the day, we turn it off and we really don't care. Now there are times I've been frustrated, but last night was certainly not one of them. So what are we going to do tonight? There's a few things. We want to talk about coronavirus. I want to give you an update. I've got some graphs to show. And that was another thing a viewer said is that, hey, the new way you edit the show, you're going to be able to show some graphs and that's going to help out. And it most assuredly will. So we'll talk a little bit about coronavirus, just some of the numbers and not that I agree with everything. And I'm not here to prove conspiracy theory, but I think it's important to talk about at least some of this. Air Force One had a perpetrator, saboteur an unwelcome visitor who snuck in and actually got into and on one of either the planes or Air Force One. It's a little foggy. It's about an hour ago, and I'll walk through that with you, and that's shocking. I know security and pilots and former pilots who were on the security detail who also flew the limos and other things in C-17s and C-5 galaxies across the ocean. It's a very, it's not just like the, the Air Force One flies by itself, although it does. There are planes that leave before and after and then uh, who fly and go to the location to bring all the things that the president brings from the lectern and the podium to the limousines and the bulletproof this and the bulletproof that and all that. So it's my understanding somebody snuck in and we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we're also going to talk about the Suckhole Company Comcast. And I I am a former Comcast employee. I worked there for three and a half years. And although I loved a lot of the people and enjoyed it, the company itself is about a moral as a a Catholic priest. 
uh, who who spends a little bit too much time with the local Cub Scouts. I am not a big fan of Comcast, and I don't like their practices. And some of the things I saw there, maybe I'll write a book someday. But alas, I want to talk about Comcast. So we will have some fun with that. Um, show should go about 35 minutes. I don't think I'm going to go live tonight. There's no hockey because hockey got COVID. And the Minnesota Wild, of course, the Minnesota Wild, of all the teams to do it, the Minnesota freaking Wild have to get COVID and not follow protocol and get my entire Avalanche team sick. Now, it's a blessing in disguise because we have a lot of injuries and a lot of them are week to week. So this might be a good thing not to play till the 11th so we can get some bodies back. But anyway, folks, you didn't come here for that. You didn't come here for hockey. And if you did, well, now you're fulfilled. And if not, I've got more and we'll talk about it. But first, I want to tell you, What must go up and never come down? Your Comcast bill. Once again, thanks, everybody. It's wonderful to have you here. Who am I? What do I do? Well, my name is Matthew, and I am the host with the most of Don't Unfriend Me, and I'm here to walk you through this little experiment that we do, but before I do that, please do me a favor and give us a like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, all over the place, and just give us a quick like, share, and subscribe. It would mean the world, and God won't kill a puppy when you do. And then here are my handles. If you haven't found them, you have them now and you'll be able to see it. We've kind of changed the show up a little bit. We're going to more of a edited version where I can throw in some movies and pictures. And I haven't gotten a lot of feedback on it, but I hope tonight will be uh, positive and you enjoy the show. And that's important. So tonight, the first thing I want to start off with is somebody who I, I feel like I've met. And it's somebody who... Um, during my early times, I think I would emulate my show after being really honest, brutally honest. And I think if Dan Bongino could cuss, he would. But he, like myself, has learned, or I learned after him, that cussing draws people away from your show sometimes, and other people love it. But I want to have a broader demographic. But Dan's point blank honesty, and not afraid to call out leftists, Very, very honestly, but support the Democrats that make good decisions. And tonight I'm going to give credit to Democrats with all my heart in something that not all of them did, but a few of them did. And I think it's extremely important and I will do that. I will give credit to both sides. It's not going to be just Republicans on this show, but what I'm really excited about is Dan Bongino just recently was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma cancer, I believe. And when I heard this, you know, Dan's a big guy. Dan's, Dan's one of those guys that would scare you if he if he wanted to. He was a New York City cop. He was in the Secret Service. Uh, he's just straight up. He ran a Senate race, and I believe he did not win. And, and that's great because he wouldn't be giving us the amazing conservative talk show that he does now. And I, I really like him a lot. Dan Bongino is a kindred spirit. I know if I had a chance to talk with him, it would be a conversation that would last a couple hours. And I just admire the guy a lot. So when I heard he got cancer, it hit home. And it hit home hard because uh, I'm at that age where I'm going to start losing people I care about. And the last thing we need to do is lose a a national treasure and hero like him. So uh, I've followed 
his recovery for quite a long time. I check in every day, and honestly, I don't even listen to his show most days. I just hear about his update. He's so humble, he doesn't give it, so I have to dig. And because he doesn't want to make it about him, he's a selfless guy. He cares about the truth, and he cares about honesty, and he cares about integrity, and everything you would expect from a police officer and secret serviceman. So tonight when I heard that in my old stomping grounds in Houston at the MD Anderson uh, Cancer Center, which was right by my house in Houston, I would see the ads all the time on the Houston Astros baseball games. Shut up. Don't give me a hard time about the Astros. Is that they have a little thing where you see, you know, the MD Anderson Cancer is with a red X in it, and it just says Research Center. And they just have this idea that cancer is not going to win when it enters their orbit. And I have to give them all a ton of credit and I will be making a donation to the hospital. And I'm just so excited to see that Dan is on the men. He rang the bell today. I've got a video to show you. I'll show you that real quick and we'll be right back. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Dan's looking pretty good. Look pretty buff for having some radiation therapy. He's a big boy. And, and you know, what's funny is that he, inadvertently may or may not know me as I uh, gave him a flag through one of my listeners. But when I was with Flags of Valor, uh, who was a customer, but now a listener sent a few of the guys over at Fox and girls uh, a custom wooden flag. So he has one from Flags of Valor, which is a great company. If you have it, stop by flagsofvalor.com. Give Joe and Brian and all the guys over there your support. They're amazing. Um, but yeah, Dan, Dan is a, is a great guy and I just want to wish him the best. And whether he hears this or not really is immaterial to me. I just want him to, uh, live long, live prosper and, uh, you know, whatever. So great job for him for, for beating that because man, it's tough and a lot of people get it and they don't beat it. And he, out of all the people that I've heard got it recently, um, he's a winner and I'm glad he fought it and beat it anyway. So, uh, not going to get too emotional on that. I want to talk about. COVID. And I'm going to put up some charts here and we're going to go through that together. But it's been a real long winter for the U.S. with hospitals, seeing more coronavirus patients than at any point in the pandemic. And the average number of daily deaths have topped 3,000 for the uh, first time. But as spring approaches, the numbers of infections seem to be falling and the vaccination program looks to have overcome some of the initial problems. Now, whether that's 100% accurate or not, that's at least what we're being sold. And please, when I read this off and I have these notes, don't you know com- feel like you need to combat everyone and say, liar, it very well may not be true. Uh, but I will more than likely call that out if I disagree. But the U.S. is on track to get back to some form of normality in 2021, or at least they say. Or do the new variants of the virus mean further setbacks ahead? Because we're finding new strains of this virus, and it's altering and mutating at a faster rate than it's ever done. Now, that was good for, for COVID and SAR back in, what, 2000, 2002, 2003 time period when it first reared its ugly head. It actually mutated out of its lethality and became something very, very passive. Even it was more aggressive and deadly, but it mutated so quickly that it wasn't as deadly as COVID-19. COVID-19 is a slower mutation, but we're seeing different variants. And this is why viruses can't be cured is because they consistently mutate and they change form. And when they can't attack one thing, they attack another. So this protein vaccine that we're building up they simply will find something else to consume. And that's what happens. But 
they're optimistic that they can bring us back to reality. Uh, we've, they've taken a look at the data and some, spoken to some epidemiologists or epidemiologists to assess the situation, and they're saying that the winter surge has ultimately peaked. The average number of daily cases in the U.S. had been rising since September, apart from a few dips to um, incomplete data over holiday periods like Thanksgiving and Christmas, which we saw a spike, and we obviously knew we would with people traveling. But as you can see from the chart below, which I will go to that right now, daily cases have now been falling since early January. Of course, they were falling at other times, but Donald Trump got no credit for that. But now the media is just amazing. Joe Biden enters and it's just falling like a rock. What an amazing thing. And of course, we all knew that was going to happen. There are, however, still more than 130,000 new infections every day on average, and it's unclear whether the recent decline will continue, especially now that the U.S. has cases of the more highly transmissible variants that we've been seeing of the virus, first discovered in the U.K., South Africa, and Brazil. This case is to continue to fall in the U.S. is just one graph that we have, and we'll be showing some more. This is all from the BBC, and I trust the BBC more than I trust American media. Overall, there have been nearly 30 million confirmed cases in the U.S., the highest figure in the world. But as testing was so limited in spring last year, the true number is probably much higher. We all understand that. But we are doing more testing than just about anybody as well. So that is why the cases may look overinflated to other countries. One study by scientists at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention suggested the real number was as high as 100 million towards the end of last year. And I can do it too. Well, it was 130 million. I can make guesses all day long. But so far, the CDC has basically guessed their way into absolutely zero credibility with me, along with the World Health Organization and Dr. Fauci. I trust them as much as I trust a Taiwanese prostitute who says she loves me. Hospitals are still under pressure. Although the decline in cases is good news, it will be a few weeks before it has any major effect on the number of coronavirus patients in the hospitals across the U.S. That number has been falling for a few weeks now, but about 90,000 people are currently in hospitals. That's 30,000 more than during the previous two years surges last year. Here's a graph to show that. The latest data compiled by the COVID tracking project shows the number of COVID patients in the hospital is falling in all four regions of the U.S., with the Midwest having seen the biggest drops since the start of the year. Deaths will be slow to fall. January was the deadliest month of the pandemic in the U.S., with 95,000 deaths reported, more than a fifth of the overall death toll of 455,000. The average number of deaths remains extremely high at 3,000 a day at the moment, but there are now signs of a small decline in recent days, as this graph shows. However, that is not a subsequent drop compared to what we saw once we got into uh, the, the bottom of the virus when it started increasing in November and December. has been on a steady incline since, and we expected that since we sheltered in place for most of that time. And like I said the whole time, we have to face this. And whether we have a vaccine or we do six-foot distancing or we wear 14 masks instead of one, right, Dr. Fauci? It doesn't matter. We will have to face this or another virus at some point. And this is why I am not hopeful that things will ever return to normal until we can return to sanity. However, deaths is a metric that lags behind cases and hospitalizations because it can take several weeks for those who are worse hit to die from the disease. And I would challenge that it takes several weeks. That's not necessarily true. It can be very, very quick. It depends on the severity and the underlying conditions that that patient has and their age and several, several other things. So the U.S., which already has the highest coronavirus death toll in the world, is likely to pass 500,000 deaths later this month. But that is a far cry from the 2 million that they cried 
that would have happened by the end of last year. Remember that the whole 2 million people were going to be wiped out? Still, 500,000 is a staggering number. But when you compare that to the normal death rate of the United States with the flu and cold season and tuberculosis and everything else that's out there, people die. And yes, it's a terrible thing. But there is something about nature that runs a course, and we'll talk about that in a second. The vaccine rollout is looking positive. At least that's what they say. There were some initial problems with the rollout of the vaccines in the U.S. The government set a target of vaccinating 20 million Americans by the end of 2020, but managed just 3 million. However, things improved in January. Well, I wonder if the state governors would have got behind this and stopped blocking Donald Trump. Would it actually have worked? That's just a bunch of bullshit. President Joe Biden set a goal for 100 million vaccinations administered by his 100th day in office, but there uh, were already well on the way to that before he took office. An average of 1 million shots a day was hit on January 21st, the day after he was inaugurated. The U.S. is now averaging 1.2 million vaccinations a day, and Mr. President Biden has upped his target to 1.5 million days as or 1.5 million a day, as this graph shows. The picture is still quite varied when you look at the state-level data, though. Alaska is currently top with 17 doses administered per 100 people, but in Idaho, the figure is just 7.5 per 100 people. It also appears that more needs to be done to ensure vaccines are getting to the most vulnerable groups. Recent research by the Kaiser Family Foundation, a U.S. healthcare charity, founded that black people account for a small share of vaccinations compared to the share of cases and deaths in nearly all states reporting such data. By global standards, however, the U.S. program is going well. The country's average of 10 vaccinations administered per 100 people is above Canada at 2.6, and all of Europe apart from the U.K. at 15.5. Israel has the highest rate of any country with 60 per 100 people, and that doesn't surprise me. Israel has always been gung-ho in whatever they take on, but I noticed how we just rolled over the black people comment. As the inner cities are dying at a rapid rate and not getting these vaccinations, and this disease is horrible, and I wonder where the Democrats are since they've been in power now. And they've had some time to roll and get this into the inner cities, yet they aren't. And I would love for every African-American voter to remember that in two years. Because whether it's crack cocaine or education or private schools or reinvigorating the neighborhoods or creating jobs or keeping any of the promises, what's how's that contract with black America going? Has anything been passed? How about the new COVID bill that's going to get forced down our throats for $1.9 trillion? Does any of that help the African-American communities? I think not, and it never will. Once again, please, we're Americans. Black or white doesn't matter. The inner cities stop voting for Democrats. I didn't say vote for Republicans. But you're not going to be taken care of because every time it's the same. Ice Cube said it best. Promises and promises that are never fulfilled until the next four years when more promises are made. This is the truth and this is the reality. Wake up, inner cities of America. So this is what they say. Months to go before the new normal. With the vaccine rollout picking up pace, many Americans will be hoping life can return to some form of normality. Over the next few months, but experts say there's still a long path ahead. That's the safe bet. Can you imagine? It's just going to be 14 days, folks, 14 days of isolation, and we're going to be fine. They've tried that before. Yeah, that doesn't work. So now they're just saying it's going to be a long time. You're going to have to wait. It's going to be a baseball season. It will be many more months before we see not necessarily a return to normalcy, but the emergence of a new normal. That makes no sense. 
according to Dr. Carrie Althoff, a professor of epidemiology at John Hopkins University. I'm hesitant to put a date on it because I've been wrong every other time I've done it, because every time we figure something out with this virus, it seems to have another trick up its sleeve. That's because it's a virus. And that's why there's never been a cure for any virus, AIDS, herpes, the common cold, all viruses. There's no cure for these because viruses adapt. And the moment you have it cornered, it has a trick up its sleeve. Well, you're a doctor. How the hell do you not know that? I know I did not sleep at a Holiday Inn Express and you are John Hopkins University. But for $4.25 in your degree, I could get an awfully good cup of coffee. She added, pointing to the new variants that have emerged in recent months, Dr. Althoff, Herr Althoff, says that the new normal will see public health officials continuing to recommend social distancing and face masks for eternity, even when we bury the dead. She didn't say that. While warning against any large social gatherings inside or out, many people in the U.S. are feeling exhausted by this virus. It's totally normal, and we need to be empathetic towards that. But here's why we're not going to be. This virus is not going to just go away, she said. So we have to continue to protect ourselves and our families and our communities. Let's be clear. Joe Biden doesn't have the answer. Donald Trump didn't have the answer. Fauci doesn't know the W, the World Health Organization. This, the, the, nobody knows. The FDA doesn't know. The Senator for Disease Controls doesn't know. It's a virus. And this is what viruses do. They overtake their host, and it doesn't matter what they are. They will jump from one species to another. They will change form. They will duplicate. They will replicate. They will hide their identity and lay dormant. Viruses are aggressive things. It's not just for killing computers, but if you want to use that analogy, that's exactly like it is. Go try to find a virus in your computer. Go ahead and try to adapt it and write the code to fix that. Imagine what they're doing by something that exponentially can change its form thousands of times faster than any program can write. Viruses are extremely complicated. Some people think that's what wiped out the dinosaurs, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing or agreeing with that. I wasn't there then, no matter how many old jokes you make. But what I will tell you is that it most definitely will probably be something like that, a giant asteroid blocking out the sky, Yellowstone exploding in a super volcano. I don't think it'll be nuclear war or a major pathogen that has been buried in the ice for millennia will somehow reach us and wipe out the entire planet. That's my belief. I'm terrified of viruses, although I'm not a germaphobe. I don't put hand sanitizer on. I eat some things off the floor. I don't care about my kids wiping their hands on their pants. I, I, I don't shy away from germs because I believe that your body is the greatest filter and the greatest resistance if you take care of it to this stuff. But this disease is real. This virus is real, not disease. And I see people fighting it and saying, I'm not going to wear a mask. It takes away my freedoms. You know what else takes away your freedoms? Death. There is no doubt that this is serious and it kills people. And yes, if I got it, I would probably be fine. But probably is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. I, I want to get it. I want to get it and be okay. But we don't know if that's inoculation or if it's just a temporary Band-Aid on a cancer. This thing might last five months for these vaccines. We don't know. That's why they take years to test and make sure that they work. All I'm going to ask you folks is listen. It's not worth it. All these mask videos you see of people going and fighting and screaming at each other and fighting and yelling and grabbing each other. It's enough. 
I hate the damn mask. It gets into my beard. It makes me... I realize my breath isn't as good as I thought it was. It's... I vape. I hate it. But just do it. It's just like a seatbelt. Some people hate seatbelts. Remember that? Our government's not going to tell me to wear a seatbelt. Yeehaw! Through my windshield at 55. That's your choice. But we can try to get along. Let's handle it a little bit longer. Let's let's just do it a little bit more. But for those people who talk trash to the people who are asthmatic or can't wear a mask, because there are people who can't. There are people with lung problems. There are people who are on oxygen. There are people who have really serious issues when it comes to breathing. And yes, those masks can be detrimental. You mind your own business. And if you don't like it, you keep telling people to leave the business. Why don't you leave? If it bothers you, it's your responsibility to either scroll past the post and not say anything or turn off the TV or don't watch this show or get out of that establishment and go somewhere else because there is no law about masks. Businesses can ask But ask how many businesses have physically grabbed people and thrown them out for no shirt, no shoes, no service. It doesn't happen. And the reason why is they will be sued for it. I've been in retail for 25 years and people have come in without shoes and come out without, have come in without shirts and there is nothing we can do about it. No matter how privately owned we are or how many times we post it. Until there is a law, this is a recommendation. And I would recommend that we wear the stupid thing just a little while longer until they can lie to us and make it last another six months. An intruder at Air Force One, folks, the base sparks global security review. Joint Base Andrews is home to the presidential aircraft, Air Force One. I have actually quite a few friends who are on Air Force One who run security detail, a couple pilots. It's been in my family, too, people who've worked with Air Force One. And I will tell you it's a special place in my heart. I was coined by some of the pilots in the security force, and I'm going to name drop and brag here, and I'm pretty proud of it. Air Force One uh, will conduct a global security review after an intruder entered the base that houses the presidential aircraft, Air Force One. On Thursday, an unarmed adult male was able to access Maryland's Joint Base Andrews and enter a C-40 aircraft, a support craft, part of the fleet used by government leaders. Everyone is taking this very seriously. Well, why weren't you taking it seriously first? Why now? Is the president of the United States. It wasn't serious before, said Defense Department spokesman John Kirby on Friday. There is no suggestion that the intruder is linked to extremist groups. The suspect was detained by security forces on the base, according to a statement from the air federal summons for trespassing and handled over to local law enforcement. No personnel were harmed during the breach. The intruder had two outstanding warrants, but no further details were provided. I'm sure they were an outstanding citizen. It wasn't parking tickets, was it? Joint Base Andrews is located about 15. I'm not going to tell you where it's at. I did this research. I don't know why I'm telling you. It's near D.C., okay? This is like in 9-11 when they're like, so, Bob, we had the towers down and World Trade Center 7's down and they almost hit the Pentagon and let's, or they hit the Pentagon and they almost hit the White House and let's see, what do you think's going to happen next? Well, I don't know, Sandra. 
these terrorist groups might decide to go ahead and put some sort of pathogen in the water system located at 2732-65 West Elm Street, which supplies three states in the Union, in the District of Columbia and surrounding areas with all of its water. And if someone put 1.5 gallons of anthrax in that water, it would kill 30 million people. And especially if they did it at 5 p.m. to 5.15 when the staff changes and Joe Bob likes to go get a donut, which is leaving an entrance on the left side gate, which you can beat because the electronic security fence isn't charged anymore but i don't know something like that may happen i can't stand it when the media does that and i'm like what are you shut up you're giving people ideas you don't think osama bin laden or people like that with such mind were like i think that might be a good idea we need to do that get off the goat let's go seriously that was a little racist i'm sorry to all the people who like goats out there Anyway, somewhere in D.C. and is frequently used by the president, vice president, and other U.S. leaders. President Joe Biden flew from the base to his uh, to his home in Wilmington, Delaware, on Friday evening. I thought he was from Scranton. Oh, well. Joint Base Andrews is used frequently by the U.S. president and other top officials. The Air Force Inspector General will conduct an investigation into the break-in. The Air Force said in its statement, it will also conduct a comprehensive review of installation security and and trends on its bases around the world. The security of our installation is paramount, said Colonel Roy Oberhaus. What is everybody, German? A commander at Joint Base Andrews. This was a serious breach of security. No shit. Really? The break-in comes nearly one month after the 6th of January riots at the U.S. Capitol, which has left stricter protocols in place. Thousands of National Guard troops will remain in Washington until March, which is interesting that we're still under martial law. Facebook might just release their advertising before these guys actually take down the fences and let the National Guard people go home. Listen, U.S. government, can you please pull your heads out of your proverbial butt and let me explain something to everybody. Everybody thinks Kamala's going to take over and Joe's not going to serve the full years. There's been rumors of Alzheimer's, dementia, that someone's going to take him out, and that's not a threat to the Secret Service that just came on. I'm not threatening the president. I make this a satire show. Please don't knock on my door. But there has been this huge conspiracy theory by QAnon and everyone else that Kamala Harris is going to take over. This is how Kamala Harris can take over. By allowing some Yahoo to get to a C-40 and turning it into a bomb. Folks, the president of the United States is single-handedly the most popular figure on the planet. He's more well-known than the Pope, Mickey Mouse, okay? You might want to protect the man. I don't want to see any president harmed. I went through this with Reagan, and I studied the JFK assassination. I feel like I was there, and I lived it. We must protect Joe Biden with everything we've got, and you should know better. So Air Force, stop playing grab ass and and stop living up to your reputation as the golf course service. Get your security dialed in or get somebody who really can handle it and call the Marine Corps. But you need to protect your bases and you need to do it now. I'm telling you, there are no coincidences. And somebody purposefully walked onto the base in Andrews. And there's a reason why. Because they wanted to see what they could do And if that person is working with other people and we have Iranians coming over the border and sneaking in, folks, we're asking for more problems. Let's be a little bit more serious. Comcast. Oh, Comcast. I remember my first day of training at Comcast going in as a director of retail. 
and coming in and sitting down and listening to the spiel of how good Comcast is and how they're not the devil. 25 years ago, I took my boxes to the Denver station and I threw them in and I said, never. I will get a double vasectomy twice before I ever, ever join your crappy organization ever again. Well, who would have known when they threw some money at me, those scruples went right out the window. And it paid well. And it was a great company. It was a wonderful segue in my career from Apple. But I will tell you, I saw things in Comcast that I could write a book on. And I'm not going to go into it tonight. But I will tell you, they have spent millions upon millions of dollars trying to reestablish their customer service. And I will tell you, those people try. I just got off the phone with a lady from the Philippines. And she was fantastic. One of the only overseas call center experiences that ended positively. And what I was calling about is I received a phone call last week and said, Mr. Spear, you have been averaging over 1.2 terabytes of downloads. And I said, listen, it's not Pornhub. I promise. I don't know what you're talking about. Pornhub, I expect a royalty check. I might mention you again. Double the salary. You see what I'm saying? And stop putting on underage children on your site, you asshats. Seriously, it's disgusting. Get your crap together. God, that's a whole other conversation. You haven't heard about that. Look it up. Anyway, the point is, Comcast reached out to me. No, I don't surf Pornhub. Thank you very much. I use X videos. So anyway, I get this call and they said, Mr. Spirit, you use 1.2 terabytes of data. And I said, yeah, my kids are on conference calls eight hours a day. And then I'm on conference calls all the time. And we're using a ton of data because we're all home. Our internet, our TV, we've got 64 devices. We could cook popcorn kernels. And when the kids want popcorn, we just open up the jar and let it sit. And it cooks itself. What do you want from me? Well, Mr. Spear, we're going to charge you $10 for every 50 gigs you use. I said, well, how many gigs am I using? They're using another half a terabyte. That's like $5,000. You can't do that to me. Like, oh, we're going to cap it at 100 So you're telling me my bill's going to be $230 a month for internet? I said, you guys can't do that. Do you guys think you're going to get away with this? You don't think somebody in the Senate? And then I stop and go, oh, God, it's Democrats. The Democrats are in office. They won't do anything. And lo and behold, I was wrong. And I am now going to praise. Oh, do I have my sound up? Let's see if I can do this. It may have played. Even if it didn't, it was angel harps. I'll put it in post if it didn't show up. But... I was saved by Democrats, and I want to give them praise right now. So first things first. Well, let's talk about this, and then I'll tell you what to do. Democrat state representatives Andy Vargas and Dave Rogers filed a bill on January 27th that would ban the broadband provider or any other internet provider from shutting off internet access, raising rates, or imposing data caps on Massachusetts residents and COVID-19 emergencies. This was HD 663 and was filed by Democrats. I will show you the letter right here, and you can hear and see and read this. But the banning of internet services, the increase, the throttling, all of that has been stopped. And this was going to be also enforced in 27 other states. This wasn't just for Massachusetts. They've already enforced this in these 27 other states, and the cable company was initially set to implement it to its controversial plan with the rest of its customers in the Northeast, which was me, and additional 12 states, including Massachusetts, in January. By late December, 71 state senators and representatives has sent a letter to uh, to Comcast urging the company to discontinue their plan and reconsider any future attempts at imposing a data cap or any perversion of the principle of net neutrality in Massachusetts. And essentially, they asked them to stop. 
And the excuse is this. We've seen far more than 5% of the folks affected by this. And that's what Comcast said. Oh, this is only going to affect 5% of the population. And uh, typically, that's always in their favor. Comcast are a bunch of liars. Everybody is exceeding their caps. People who don't even have kids are getting this notice, and they're exceeding their 1.2 terabytes. So after we heard from Comcast and their response to our letter, they said, well, we're going to have to take this to the next level. The internet provider originally offered a grace period to ease customers. They wanted to give me two months. I told them to go pound sand. There shouldn't be any cutoffs or shutoffs to the internet, which is something that we put in place for other utilities, he said, adding how gas and electric companies aren't allowed to cut anyone's services, regardless of whether they can afford it. We basically wanted to adopt the framework that's in place for utilities and apply that to the internet. Within 40 hours of filing the legislation, which Vargas noted has bipartisan support and 62 co-sponsors, Comcast pushed the start date of their program back to August, giving customers at least six more months to figure out their data usage before adding charges. Figure out their adding charges is going to Fios and dumping Comcast. That's my recommendation. It's a great short-term thing, but ultimately it should stop. See, the problem is, and I'm, I'm done reading my notes, the, the problem is, is that Comcast was a video company, and they decided to change because they were losing their behinds in video. Well, now over-the-top is just as expensive. And you have to have 15 different over-the-tops. You've got to have Apple. You've got to have Disney. You've got to have Netflix. You've got to have Hulu. You've got to have Amazon Prime. You've got to have the porn channel. I'm just kidding. It's been a lot about porn. Folks, I don't have a problem. I Trust me, I'm okay. But alas, over-the-top is more expensive, and that is cutting the cord. Well, they're realizing that just getting the cord attached again is cheaper. And now video is skyrocketing for Comcast, but they still have changed their process to be an internet company. And they never were an internet company. Now they want to control your internet because they want to control the amount of information coming into your home. So they can sell you phone. They can sell you security service, their own over-the-top service. And all of those things that they sell. The problem is, is that Comcast is horribly expensive. And if I can tell you one thing, all those people, middle-aged seniors out there, I have a very large 65-plus demographic out there. And I want to tell you something. You're being taken advantage of. They call you your everyday pricing customers, EDCs. And the EDCs are the people who have not had a price adjustment in the last three years. And I could get in trouble for telling you this, and I don't care. My NDA with Comcast is over. But these everyday customers or EDP, everyday pricing customers, EDPCs, are the people who are the elderly, the people who signed up with Comcast when they were $310 a month for phone, for internet, blah, 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 blah. And they don't have the latest and greatest deals. They don't have the latest and greatest HD. They don't have the latest, greatest set-top boxes. And they keep these people on and they never adjust their price because either they don't know they're spending that much, they aren't capable (coughs) of managing that, or people just haven't looked at it. Pick up the phone. Call Comcast right now. I'm going to put the number up for Comcast. It's going to be right up here. Reach out to them and say, I want to look at my bill on how to lower it each month. It's too much money, and I am spending this much, and I've been with you for 27 years, and I still pay more than the person who just starts in 27 days from now. You must demand that they lower your bill. And I'm going to talk about this as much as I can because Comcast does take advantage of the elderly. And they say they don't. They're lying through their teeth. They have not done any price breaks. We put that forward. We tried to. We tried to pass that in our market and say, let's give a reward back to these customers who've been with us for a long time and give them something. Give them a month for free. Give them an upgrade to HBO or Skinamax. It's three references. I don't have a problem. 
But alas, we didn't do it. Why? Because they have them on the hook and they've already got those customers and they're not going to lose those customers until they die. For all my customers, 65 and older, and you have Comcast Xfinity, pick up the phone and dial the number and have them look at your bill and don't take no for an answer. Go to Xfinity.com, research the current prices and demand better. And honestly, reach out to me. I'll make the darn call with you. If that's what I do, I'll lower your Comcast bill. Call 1-800-55-FREDDY. I'll be here for you. Stop letting these companies take your money. You've earned it. These are your silver years and your golden years. You have earned retirement. Stop having companies like Comcast steal from you. The point I'm trying to make is that this is a way for Comcast to protect itself. And if they don't get you on the modem charge, they're going to get you on the $30 increase gig speed. And if they don't get you on that, they're going to get you on the $30 cap. They're losing money hand over foot. They're renting out all their cell phones from Verizon. And they know that video, although taking off, is not making enough money. And the amount of data people are using is straining their system. And it is expensive. And although data doesn't cost money, laying cable does. And running these plants and maintaining them and paying for fiber cuts all cost this company money. And they are sick of paying for it. And they're going to pass it on to you because that's what Comcast does. And like a good neighbor, they bend you over and porky in the rear. It's not good. It's not good, folks. And we don't have a lot of choices. Some companies don't have anything but Comcast. They're a monopoly. Some only have Fios. Explore your options. Make the right decision. And if you have a question, ask me down below. Folks, that's it for me tonight. 40 minutes long show tonight. And I had a lot of fun and I had a good time. Remember, this is just my opinion. Don't unfriend me. And remember, Air Force One, please get your security fixed. Comcast, try to be ethical. And in August, make the right decision and stop punishing people. If you can give free internet to underprivileged neighborhoods, which I love, and you can do Comcast Cares Day, you can stop your money grabbing for another few months and just help your fellow man, woman, and child. And maybe just maybe you'll earn our business rather than extorting it from us. Folks, that's all I've got tonight. Remember, just my opinion. Don't unfriend me. I will leave on what I always leave on, which is the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day, and I don't know why I made a jubilant intro to this. This isn't a happy occasion, but I say it a lot, and I've got to make it somewhat unique. If you know a veteran who's suffering, if you know a veteran who's having a hard time and dealing with their transition or their out-processing or they're just having nightmares or things just don't look good, please reach out to the Veteran Crisis Hotline. It's free. There's no cost. And if you are not a veteran, they will help you as well. It is for civilians, too. If you can't have that conversation with a vet, call me. I will help you. There's plenty of people here who will help you. My good buddy Will will help you. Some of my listeners will help too. And lastly, if you go to my website at www.donunfriendme.com, you can click on the VCL link and it will give you a direct link to Skype and a video conference with a veteran crisis hotline. Folks, thank you so much. I will see you tomorrow for episode 98. No, I won't. I'll see you live. We're doing a live show tomorrow, and that will happen at 9.30 Eastern or 21.30 Eastern, and that's p.m. at the 9.30. And I'll see you then, and have a wonderful, wonderful night, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Leave comments below. Let me know what you thought. Thanks so much.
Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash still point